the Wayne Holtz Podcast. Yes, everyone, you are listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. Thank you for being here today. We have a great episode coming up for you with a gentleman, David Yontef. Now, for everyone that's out there that knows me, I you know make little jokes references to Bravo and The Real Housewives. So if you are a Bravo fan, this is a great episode. If you are not a Bravo fan, this is also a great episode because David is a podcaster, um, but he's also a um, almost like a voyeur of the life of fame and really gives you a great inside scoop with his interactions with people that are in the public life or um, friendships or interviews. His podcast, the Behind the Velvet Row podcast, is full of great juicy details about, you know, living that life. So um, we just jumped right in. So please enjoy this episode with David Yontef. And please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Wayne Holtz underscore and at the Wayne Holtz podcast and subscribe on itunes spotify coming soon here's david yontef mr david hello how are you how are you i'm fantastic you could hear me okay right i can hear you great so you knew what i was gonna sound like because you listened to 800 hours of my podcast or <laughs> thousand By actually now. 205 and i had no idea what you were gonna sound like but now i know now we know Exactly. What's and going now on? We know. Uh, now I'm we know. Getting comfortable, getting um, in my little zone, and just awaiting your call, sir. I've been looking forward to it. Where do you live? Do you live in LA? I was in LA, and but now I'm uh, back home for now in uh, San Antonio, Texas. God, everyone has left LA and New York. I mean, <laughs> I haven't, but I was on the phone yesterday with an actress that we have coming up on Behind the Velvet Rope, and she's going to be amazing. And she was saying, like, she's in L.A., but she's like, let me tell you all the people that have left. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, you, I know you're standing strong with New York, and I really uh, appreciate that, actually. Um, I mean, but... you know, I have thoughts of wanting to leave, but it's like I have friends that have, like, been like, come and stay with me. I don't understand. And it's just like, well, I'd be working all day. So, like, when you want to chat from 12 to 2 in the afternoon, I can't. Exactly. So, you know, that's I thought I of going other places, friends. but, like, I mean, I don't know if people that I'm going to be staying with are going to really understand. Everyone says they understand you have to work all day, and I don't believe it. I think I'd get there, and it would be, like, too distracting. It's so true, and they don't understand, David. Uh, but also, I do wonder, like, I, I see you as someone that is constantly working, you know, because uh, what I do, I'm also... You got really soft, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I sound better? I don't know what you did. Do I sound better now? Sorry. What were you going to say, though? Oh, it's okay. I said, I see you as someone that's constantly working, and so, day and night. So, do you have a set schedule, or you kind of just uh, go with whenever the opportunity rises for a situation or, or an interview? I mean, I work all the time, you know? I mean, I don't know if we're rec – like, are we recording, by the way? Yeah, you know, it'll all be okay. part of the conversation. Okay. No, I just wanted to make sure. So, you know, I work all the time. I mean, that's really how my podcast went from two days a week to five days a week. So I don't really have a set schedule per se, but I kind of do – it's just if I start to talk about it, people think I'm crazy. You know, look, when the pandemic started, I fully don't judge anybody. I mean, look, we had a world crisis and we still have a world crisis. So anyone that went the route of, you know, I want to drink all day and sleep all day, you know, to get by, uh, there's no judgment at all. I just very early on was like, if I go this route, it's just not going to be good. Like, I just don't want to go this route. So I kind of went the other route of like, when are we ever going to have this much time on our hands? And, you know, this podcast that's two days a week is doing really well. Let's just throw myself into this and focus and really try to build this up. And I think, you know, I'm just the type in general and business that I completely overshot it. And I started working all the time and people started saying yes. And that's how we went to three days a week and then four days a week, you know, and now we're five days a week. So, I mean, to answer your question, I do have a schedule 
it's just more like 8 a.m. to like, I don't know, like 8 p.m. Like, I don't know. I think a, a good 12-hour day is what I like to put in. That is a solid schedule. And also, it um, is. you know, it's very it's very true. You know, people could go a lot of ways during the pandemic. And uh, one thing I appreciated you about you is how uh, – the direction that you went with everything and how assertive you were with what you wanted to do. And I don't, you know, I call it not your, I don't call it your hobby, but you know, your passion. And before we get too far, I am speaking with David Yontef, host of the behind the velvet rope podcast. And um, I got to say during the pandemic is, I believe I found you a little bit before that. And um, actually, I know because I found you in your uh, former podcast life um, through the yeah. Kelly Ben Simone interview, of course. And um, I just said, well, this guy is, you know, so magnetic. And I just like lis listening to you talk, first of all. And then everything, um, all the stories that you were telling about, you know, the different celebrities and Bravo celebrities that you interacted with. I was just like, this guy is just getting it. And, uh, and you know, at that point, there was no... Um, you weren't um, interviewing them yet and you were just uh, there for the fun and the interaction and the friendship and the hanging and uh, with some notable names. And uh, also for people that love Bravo girl, he's got the housewives down packed. Okay. And, um, and then you turn that into uh, you know, a business model through the podcast and really uh, you bringing in those people. And also what I love is the people either behind the scenes or kind of like on the sidelines of, um, you know, Hollywood and, and the industry that have fantastic stories. And you've just done a great job with propelling that five days a week, bitch, on Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. Everyone listening to the Wayne Holtz podcast right now needs to listen to Behind the Velvet Rope. Am I right, David? You are. And that's the thing. Well, I mean, yes, of course you are. And that's the thing, you know, like, so I... You know, I know my Kelly Benson. I know, you know, like Jill there and Margaret Joseph. So I I knew these people. I mean, that's really why I started this podcast. It's so I was hanging out or regardless of what degree of hanging out, you know, during when they're not filming. I'm like, is anyone watching all the insanity that goes on in these people's lives? You know, and if something's really confidential. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm just like, that one went home with that one. That one has way too much to drink. That one just fell off a bar stool. So when I started my podcast, it really was to kind of tell these stories, like you just said, like, you know, the evolution of my experience in this Bravo world. So <laughs> my first pilot episode was me having a dinner in Florida with Kelly Dodd, Rick Leventhal, Dolores Catania, and Ramona Singer. Now, do I need to say anything else? Like, just close your eyes and picture what this dinner must have been like. You know, of course, then I get into the circumstances surrounding this dinner, why I'm in Florida, why Dolores and Margaret and Kelly are in Florida. There's Rick. So that was my pilot episode. I'm like, does anyone really, you know, is there a market <laughs> for that? Right. You're la like, see, you're not even, you didn't even listen. Or I mean, you did listen, I but did no listen. one else listened in. Right. And it was funny. This dinner is just what you think it was. Like, Ramona is, like, done with her martini and the, the Branzino, the whole fish, is on its way to be placed in front of her before any of us have even sat and down. It's, like, just what you think these people are like is kind of what they're like. So that's really why I started. And then it was, like, one day I'll have a guest. And then it just exploded during covid and now it's really you know i have a patreon account for bonus content and that's why i tell all these funny stories the main show is now five days a week interviewing different people and you know like from a bravo i mean from a business model at some point in the middle of this i was like wait a second this doesn't seem right like a podcast that's 100 percent bravo it just didn't feel right to me i'm like i don't like the business model of having all your eggs in one basket there's a lot of people that are listening. You need to tell me this, this audience that keeps growing doesn't also watch RuPaul's drag race and the bachelor. And they want to hear from like pop culture icons like Perez Hilton and Melissa rivers. So it really was a conscious decision of like, I need to expand. Listen, it'll always be like, you know, 90% Bravo. And you know, it's past two. I, I go out and find these people, people you haven't heard from in forever. I will track them down. But, you know, so I think the fact that we've diversified and expanded, that was a smart move. And we have actors and, you know, like, look, we're not going to have a sports figure. We're not going to have a political figure. We're not going to have someone who's in like Star Wars, you know, but if someone's in like Clueless or Heathers or, you know, 
something that's related to our audience, a movie or a TV show that's like on brand, I'm like, yeah, I think we'd like to talk to that. So it's really become this diverse interview podcast. And I, yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I took like an interest and a passion and made it a hobby. And now I made it a business. It's kind of like that's the evolution of it. And and I do love that business model because, you know, the way that you um, get these great stories out of people that um, are not even, I mean, they're about themselves because, you know, they live this life, but, you know, with everyone surrounding them has really, you know, launched the, the press of the show. And, you know, I'm seeing your podcast feature, you know, and people and everything else you know all the time i don't even need to go through the list if it's press behind the velvet rope has been featured on it okay and because of these little tidbits and you know little tales that these people have spun so um i don't know you know how they're getting to the press okay and maybe i'm sure some of them are listening and these stories are just so good that you know everyone's listening to this damn podcast and it's just really it's I love that it's beyond the Bravo world, but listen, the Bravo world is to me it's my NBA, it's my video game, you know, world. That, like you know, some people use that for you know, it, it's so it's so entertaining, and a lot of people that um, I know don't take me up on watching the Housewives or people like that, and so I do. Um, you know, you're telling these like little stories about the comedic humor of you know just Kelly Dodder, Ramona Singer, which I love, and then you also go into stories with, you know people that you know give great stories about you know leo dicaprio or britney and all these other people it's fantastic yeah i mean you know and i think listen i mean people that describe my style like and it keeps getting printed over and over and i kind of agree with it like they say that it's like a very relaxed style it's like talking to your best friend you know, and it's kind of like I didn't realize that this was my style until it was in print so many times by people I don't know. I'm like, oh, well, that's actually true. You know, it's not like I adopted it like, oh, someone wrote it. And I'm like, oh, hmm, that that's a good idea. I'm like, the more it was written, I was like, that sounds. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, it really is like a relaxed style. It's like chatting with your best friend, you know, but if there's drama and questions to ask, I mean, we're going to go there. You know, I don't shy away from the hard questions. So, you know, like we're going to be relaxed first and talk about life and love and happy butterflies and rainbows and flowers. But somewhere around the 20 minute mark, well, you know, we need to ask Candace, like, you know, did you feel safe? Like, was production around like when your head was on the table? You know, and I'm not saying I'm team Candace. Let's not get into that. I'm just giving an example. You know, I we have to ask Leanne Locken, like, are you a racist? And if you're telling me no, how do you reconcile that? answer with the fact that you said these things about carrie i mean the floor is yours go ahead and talk david i have to say you have like a great way of asking the question and also responding to the question where like no matter who it is or like what you think about it or what they think about the situation they feel supported by you no matter even though you didn't actually give an opinion (laughs) or sometimes you do you do give a lot of opinions but i mean like you have a way of just like letting them you know they're like you know yeah let me keep telling the story you know because he understands what i'm saying Totally. I mean, and that's really my thing. I mean, I think people just feel comfortable talking to me. I mean, look, there really is no judgment. I mean, it's not my job to judge. So when you come on my show, to me, it's like my job is to ask these questions and I need answers for everybody listening. And then everybody listening can make their own decision. But I mean, you're right. Like, I really don't have an opinion. Like, I agree. And then I somehow make them feel relaxed that they just said so much stuff, but now they're going to say more. And it's almost like I agree with what they're saying without ever taking a side or agreeing. I'm just agreeing. So you'll keep talking because this is what the audience wants. So (laughs) I'm like a mere conduit. Like it's not about me. It's never about me. I am just here to serve the people, you know? And like when we're on a topic and I'm like, Oh, this is good. Like people are going to want to hear you keep talking. I will, I know how to kind of put you at ease to get more out of you. It's just kind of what I do. And I don't really have an opinion. And truly I, I really don't like, you know, someone so like Candace Dillard was on my show. She was on for two episodes. People went blah, 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 blah. You know, listen, a lot of the hate, first of all, I can handle the hate. That's just part of the job. The hate doesn't really come towards me, you know, but everyone's like, 
I mean, the comments were like so vile towards, you know, against Candace. And to me, it's like, but wait, let's back up. I'm team David Yontef and behind the velvet row. Like, if Monique wants to come on tomorrow, like, I'll, I'll take whoever wants to come on. Just because we have a guest on, it does not mean that I like this person. I mean, in Candace's case, I absolutely love her because our interaction as people, I mean, that's really how I judge everyone. I don't really get passionate about what you see on the TV. I don't really have, like, team Lisa Barlow, team Jench. I don't really, because I will eventually get to know you as a person and then I judge you then I'm like our time together for an hour this is what I felt like off air this is what happened before the interview this is what happened after the interview so the people that I love in real life it's just an organic like we've become close in real life like I like you as a person it's not it's not because of the tv but when you come on the show even if you're like my best friend I'm neutral and we're gonna go there but everyone seems to think like, oh, you know, I hate Lisa Barlow. I hate Candace. Da, da, da. I happen to love both of those people, but I'm not even saying you have to love them. I'm not even saying I love them. I'm saying <laughs> they're on my show. We're going to ask them a bunch of questions and then you're going to decide. People, a lot of people are like, oh, I really like that person now that I listened. And I'm like, well, that's great. When, when Behind the Velvet Rope could change your mind on someone because of an interview we did because you listened with an open mind. That I love. But if you hate the person and then you listen and you hate them more, I mean, okay, then I did my job as well. You know what I mean? I got enough out of them so that you have an opinion. So it's okay. Like, I don't necessarily like everyone that we have on. You know, I mean, I'm excited to talk to certain people more than others, but my job is really to invite all these Bravo celebrities on, remain neutral, and just get as much out of them for everyone listening to decide and really to get stuff out of them that they've never admitted or talked about before. And who, who do you think is, was, uh, you know, a, like the one that you maybe hadn't met before that surprised you after you interviewed them and got to know them. And then, um, also who do you think was just kind of like, um, like ready to spill the tea? You know what I mean? They were just like almost ready to give it to you. I feel that I'm trying to think, listen, it really does go both ways. Sometimes you're so excited to talk to someone and you talk to them and you absolutely love them. Sometimes you are so excited to talk to someone and it just falls short. You can't explain. And listen, it is a job. I mean, I love what I do and like, but we're all human. There were people where I'm like, that person might've had a great time, but I didn't. And I start to think like, you know what? I'm so busy today. Maybe if I interviewed this person four days from now, I would like them better it, it might just be me that i don't have time at 1 p.m for your scheduled show because i'm so freaking busy from you know 8 a.m to 12 and i'm so so i a lot of it is just human it's just humans like they're having a bad day i'm having a day i mean i always turn it on i know you'd never see it but there are just days where i'm like i don't know if i like that person i bet you i would if i talked to them in three days but yes then there are people where you're not that excited and they just kind of surprise you i mean i think the, the example I always go back to is Charlie Burnett. You know, this past season on Vanderpump Rules, there were five new people. Dana, Danica, Max, Brett, and Charlie. I interviewed Brett, Max, and Charlie. I wanted to interview Brett and Max because, you know, there's stuff in their past and there's just, there's there's some meat there. I mean, out of the girls, Charlie was barely on the screen. You got to know Dana. You got to know Danica. But look, I mean, she's on Vanderpump Rules. She works at Sir. I'm not going to say no. This just fell into my lap. But I wasn't excited. I wasn't overly excited to chat with Charlie. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to chat about her. She's been in like three scenes. Well, we start talking and she starts talking about how, you know, like when we're not filming, they don't talk to me. And I'm like, what, what? Okay, so like, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, well, like, we're we're filming a scene, and then like the scene is over, and like, you know, like I'll be standing next to Stassi and like Kristen and Katie, and like they just won't speak to me. I'll be like, what do you mean? Like, you're standing right. She'd be like, no, I'll say like Stassi, what are you doing later for lunch? And Stassi will look right at me and not open her mouth, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, this interview now, forget my questions I had for you. I need to put those aside. I mean, I don't say that, but that's another thing too. I've learned to like pivot during interviews all the time. So Charlie went from being like, 
you know, this like nice, sweet girl. And she was that I was going to enjoy speaking with. But I'm like, it became this whole mean girls thing. And it, it was it wasn't it wasn't an angle. She was completely sincere. And then she went on and on about how like this one won't speak to me and that one won't speak to me. And I mean, like we're talking like when they're just standing right next to her. And it truly was like I'm being hazed because I'm the new girl and they're you know, they told me it was their show and get off. And I'm paraphrasing, like everyone should listen to this interview I had with Charlie Burnett, you know, and she just, even at, at the reunion last season from Vanderpump, you saw her come after Jax and she just turned out to be someone I totally underestimated. And that happens, you know, I just had someone on, it's not out yet. It's coming up one of the Jersey housewives. And I don't mean New Jersey. I mean, Jersey as in across the pond, you know, like the foreign brand, like we have Cheshire and we have Melbourne, you know, I was like, okay, they're housewives. I'm curious. It's a different type of show. I don't know really much about the show. I'm approaching this from the angle. And that's the other thing. I love the producer part. I mean, the questions, the angle, that's what I'm good at. So I'm like, no one in America is really going to know who this is as far as storyline. But I think it's interesting. Like, how are housewives in the UK and in, in Czech, like, you know, in, in overseas, like, are they revered the way they are here so of course i said yes to this woman but i wasn't overly excited to speak to her she turned out to be like just amazing i mean the fact that she had a charming british accent certainly didn't hurt matters and then we started talking about like harry and megan and i asked her about ladies of london and i'm just like for what could have been a really just i don't know how this show is going to be an hour and where the hell am i going to pull an hour out of this it turned out to be great. And, you know, it's just it, that happens so often where I like misjudge someone. Well, a lot of times it really is, you know, just the, the human conversation, you know, and like you said, just the, totally. the interest in their story. And of course, um, that's one of the most interesting things about Bravo to me um, is the actual production aspect of it and not saying um, the manipulation of people's lives but what goes into documenting someone's life following them around like how real they are being or aren't being and the editing and the music and the you know the little the nudges that they give them the financial incentives the the leaks from inside and all of that stuff and then you know I've uh, as far as like the foreign housewives I've never uh, dived into Jersey, but I'm going to, I'm looking forward to that episode. It's good. I mean, I have two people from Jersey. I mean, which that's what happens. Like you get one and then the rumor mill starts and you're like, okay, well I'll take you on, you know, like, look, one of my new year's resolutions was to say, no, I started doing that been like the second week of January and now everything has fallen by the wayside. Like, I don't know. I just have a problem saying no. I mean, you know, that's the other thing too, is like, I've had people on my show that I haven't necessarily wanted to have on my show just because like they weren't as big a name as I would have liked, you know, and look, this is how the business works. And it's not even like I'm being a snob. It's just like, I work 24 hours a day, but I've had people on that have then turned out to be like, oh, you want me, you, you like want that person? Well, that's my best friend. And I'm like, what? Three times this has happened where I've had someone on and I just, the human connection was great and we kept in touch and somehow it came up and it led to like three huge names. And all three times it was three huge names that I probably never would have got on my own, never. I love that because a lot of times some of the these smaller people have been, you know, around in the business for a while or just, you know, went to high school with so and so and you know totally. the connection is there. Totally. And like all three times it was like these three people were handed to me on a silver platter. It was like you know, and you don't believe it. And I'm not the type to ask because it is a business. So I would never I mean, it doesn't work that way. It's not like, oh, you know everyone, so you could have everyone on now. I would never ask. I mean, yesterday I spoke to someone who is really good friends with Kristen Bell and Jessica Biel, like all these people, like literally best friends. And we totally bonded. We've already texted. I mean, I would never say, oh, can you produce Jessica Biel? Like, I'm just, it just, the business doesn't work that way. <laughs> but in these other three instances, they kind of offered like it came up and I was like oh I would love to have that person on you know you say it jokingly and then all three times like within 48 hours I got an email like David meet the, and it's like oh my god so you just never know that's why I hate to say no I really 
just feel in any business, you just say yes, because it's not about what's in front of you. It's about what it could lead you to. And you're listening to the Wayne Holtz podcast. We'll be back in just a second, y'all. You never know who'll show up to the Wayne Holtz podcast. Really happy to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Rock goddess Nina Diaz. You know, first of all, it begins with having the passion, having the passion for the music. TV host, author. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And celebrity big brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. Cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey guys, this is Chris Booker, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is Perez Hilton, and you are listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holds Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholds.com. The Wayne Holtz Podcast. I'm curious, outside of, you know, becoming closer to, you know, different people in the industry, what do, what do you feel like podcasting has led to for you? And just like your whole journey of like going from an observer to an interactor. I mean, well, I have to say, I mean, and I talk about this all the time, you know, my relationship with fame, like people who are in the public eye, and I mean, I use the word fame very loosely, it's completely changed. It's completely changed. Like, I, it's all, you know, I'm not a fan, you know what I mean? Like, I am, but I mean, I love the subject matter, but it's like when, first of all, when you come on my show, it's my house. So I don't give a fuck who you are. I mean, if Madonna and Cher want to come on my show, I I might bow down and I might have, you know, and it's not like, I mean, listen, I deal with a lot of rules. Trust me, this one, this, like, I'm not even going to bore you with all the rules, but like when you come on my show, I don't care who you are. Like I'm in charge. Like I will steer this ship. So right there from like my job, it just makes the famous aspect of it. It gets thrown out the window. And so like my relationship with fame has changed in the sense that like, these are all just real people. And I understand why people in the public, I don't become friends with fans. It will never happen. It's just a, it's real organic. It's not like you come on my show and I'm like, I love you. Let's keep in touch. It just happens. It doesn't happen with everyone. So it really is just organic So I think that has changed, like, my entire relationship with fame. And, like, I understand all these people that I interview. It's really, like, you feel like you get to know people and just understand them. And that's the thing. You know, a lot of people kiss up. You look at, like, Housewives, like, Instagram pages. Yeah, there's a lot of negative comments. But there are a whole group of people that will go on every Housewives Instagram page. Oh, my God, I love your shirt. I love your hat. It's like, uh you can't, it's the same person. You can't love all of this. You're kissing, you're kissing up to this. So like, I, I hate that. I hate that aspect of it. Like I can tell you, there's a lot of people that I met that I've spoken to that I'm like, you are a total fucking asshole. I, I don't care if you're a, like, are we as a society have just a strange view on things. You put these people on a pedestal just because they're on TV. And to me, it's like, look, I'm not going to take that away from anyone. I'm not being bitter, but like that person over there is an asshole. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't really care if they want anything to do with me. I'm too busy over here running my show with other people. I don't want that person in my life. And that one over there, I don't want her in my life. So it's like, it's really like an even playing field, you know? And I think, I mean, that's what people want though. Everyone just wants to be treated like, a human and it really is just real organic connections but i guess like the larger issue is like my relationship with fame has changed and like the way i think about it has changed and it really just is a business because everybody knows everybody i mean i could sit here all day and pull favors and say like you know well you were on my show and you know that it doesn't it just doesn't work that way because it doesn't work that way like on a larger scale like if you're like a b-list actress and your best friend is steven spielberg 
it, that doesn't mean anything. You're not getting in a Steven Spielberg movie unless you're, <laughs> you're, you know what I mean? Like, it's really like, I, I'm good at separating business and pleasure. And I think, you know, that's just, that's what I love about it, though. I love the business aspect of it. So I don't know. I guess, does that answer your question? Or does that, I mean, that's kind of how it's changed. I mean, look, the fact that the podcast has become a legitimate money-making business and has gone from two days a week to five days a week with paid advertising and there's other sponsors. It's like a real business. So, I mean, I love what I do. We're not cutting corners. We're not just inviting a guest on just to like get a show out. Like we're staying true to the format and the listeners and the, the subject matter. But, you know, it's a business at this point. No, I, yeah. I I love that. And I love that, you know, it is a, you staying true to it and that it's something that you're passionate about, but also, you know, your real view of just uh, who these people are and that we are just, you know, at the, at the end of the day, kind of the same, you know, it isn't even playing field and having, having that view is great, actually, of just the situation in general. And you know what it also is like, so I, I remember when I went to see, I'm really good friends with Jesus shots, Alexis Bellino. I went to stay with her in like November with another friend. And then like, all I know is like, we were posting stuff on social media. Everyone's commenting. Oh my God. Oh my God. You should tell her she has to go back to the show. She has to go back. Like, it's just like, okay, I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I get it. But the thing is like, okay, we, we like missed a step. Like you just assume that everyone wants to be back on the damn show. Like that's not everyone's goal in the world. Like why should that be, the golden carrot, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not speaking for Alexis, but you know, who, who's to say she wants to be back on the show. Look, I personally think, I mean, I'm from New York. I have like just a realistic view of the world. I, I think want or, or not want this to everyone has a price. Really? I do. I mean, even Bethany Frankel had a price to come back. Price has gone up. We'll probably never see her back, but like she did come back for a certain price at that time. So like, yeah, I think, you know, but it's just kind of like, I get what you're saying. You want Alexis back, but like, that's not, it, it just, it, it was all, it's all said with a like poor thing. She's not on the show. It's like, no, she's really pretty happy in life. Like this just isn't me standing up for my friend. It's like, you could say that about anyone. There are people that just don't want to go back. Like, so I just think like our society's view on fame and being on TV is just so warped. And I'm not here to, stand on my soapbox and change the world because this is all fun and my show really is fun (laughs) but i just think like that's it's just like the psychology behind it i find so interesting and that's kind of what's changed changed from doing this for over a year now right and i feel like it is very interesting because you have talked to a lot of people that have been on you know in that that spectrum of being on television and in that world and then have it taken away from them or they they've chosen to leave and um, I believe that it is true that not everyone, you know, needs it or craves it. But, you know, the price of it all is real. Um, I'm, and so you've had a little stint on TV. Um, that's not something you've ever really been interested, right? Having that kind of, like, deep dive into your life. Like, do you feel like that's a, a true personality trait, as they say, to have people, like, have the compulsion to have people follow you around with cameras? I mean, look, I am not opposed to that. Well, I mean, I think a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I'm not opposed to that. But for me, it's more like I would I would go on a reality show tomorrow if someone wanted me to. So I would expose my entire life, believe it or not. But for me, it would be like because I know how it works and there would be an end goal of like this is a business. I, I do think that. Because, you know, for me, for all my talk about this one doesn't want to go back and that one doesn't want to go back. I mean, I ask everyone, would they go back? And they all say no. But I do think like 90 percent of the housewives I speak to that are not on would go back. You know, I just think it's a rare exception that someone's happy and wouldn't. But, you know, I just think like people are obsessed with fame. I don't care what they say. I think it's the most powerful drug or one of them. And people... I mean, look at like social media, like everyone makes themselves famous now. You know, yeah, you have two, you have 200 followers. Nobody is watching, but amongst those 200 followers and in your mind, you're famous. Like, why are you posting a picture of you eating like an apple pie next to your cat? It's not for you. I mean, I think if you have two followers and you post a picture, 
it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You want something. You want validation. So I don't know. I mean, so I, I would go on a reality show tomorrow and I, I would expose my whole life, but it would just be like, this is ultimately, okay, you make no money in the first year and really not much in the second year. But like, you know, I, I, I would just know how to do it, so to speak. Yeah. And you, you know, you know, what's up, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. the, you know what the pie is going to taste like before you, before you bake it. Um, kind of like, it's so shocking. Like I said this the other day on a podcast I was a guest on, I can't even remember where. And it's like, like, if you look at someone like Luann, like Luann to me does it right. Like you never see Luann in like these knock them down, drag them out social media fights. You really don't. And so the thing is like, you're being paid to be on the show. You have to show up every day. You can't plan a vacation. You can't make dinner plans with your friends. During filming, you're at their disposal. And yeah, you get like one or two days off a week. But, you know, you don't know what that is. So right now, if you wanted me, you know, you wanted to have dinner with me next Wednesday, I would literally say, I don't know. And Sunday night, production would tell me, okay, we're working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, you have, so then I'd be like, okay, great. I have to, oh, but guess what? Last minute, you know, whatever. So like, that's what you're paid for. You give your life over to filming. You have to be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week for however many months it is. And that is the job. The job is not necessarily when someone calls you a hideous person on Twitter to now respond. So, I mean, like if it were me and I were there, I'd be like, you can say anything you want about me. I'll respond when the cameras are rolling because that's what I'm getting paid for. That's I don't what you're getting paid for. Up. Exactly. Right. Like, I'm not going to be the boring one in the back corner. Trust me on that. But when you call me whatever or say whatever or say I'm lying or this or that and it's on social media, when, when like, my clock is stopped and the, the check is already cleared from Bravo or whatever other network in the bank, I'm not commenting. You say whatever you want. This isn't stressing me out. You know, listen, the show is 50% off off air these days. It's all on social media, what's going on. And I just wouldn't engage. That's when, to me, it's like, now the show is becoming your life, but you're not getting a bonus. You know, it's... And just so people know what we're talking about, um, just in case they don't, we're talking about the Real Housewives of New York at the moment, and he was mentioning Luann, Countess Luann, um, and we enjoy the housewives here. So for listeners... Um, that are Housewives fans and Bravo fans, welcome. I'm glad you found the podcast. But no, I totally feel you on that. And some people do kind of like, I mean, it's. I feel like it's good to maybe, you know, give a good little a little tease on social media, do, uh, you know, yeah. some commenting back. But it's not necessarily your job to get on there and just, um, you know, endlessly either defend yourself or, um, you know, respond back with you know aggressive <laughs> comments um, because no one's paying you per comment. Like, save it for the show. Exactly. And, exactly. And as far as as far as that, like, I feel like Luann. Just speaking of Countess Luann, who I, I tell people about all the time, I'm like, you have to watch Real Housewives of New York. There's a Countess. There's a Princess. There's a Morgan. There's a lot. And um, a lot. And Luann is has done such a good job over the years. I mean, what are we going into season thirteen? Am I correct or fourteen? Thirteen. I believe thirteen. And I mean she's been on and I'm even gonna include the friend of season for every season. And I feel like this woman has had I mean, she was a countess, she got a divorce, she had a friend a love affair with a beautiful Frenchman, um, Jacques. She, you know, had an affair with a pirate, uh, allegedly. Well, she, is the gift that keeps giving. I mean, and then she, you know, she has the the engagement with the the Tom D'Agostino, who you know we all know is a whatever we want to call him, just a player, and all of that. And then they get married, and they get divorced, and then she goes to jail, and then the rehab, and then the cabaret. I'm just like, this woman does not stop. If I, I swear, for New York Housewives, um. I say it's got to be her or Ramona as the last original standing. And I guess Ramona is the original because officially Luann had that one season. But you know what I'm saying. Right. I personally have had debates about this before. I mean, I love Luann dearly. My definition of an o a true OG is like you never left and you never had a friend. I agree. So I agree. Me, I don't include Luann in the OG category. All right, all right. I understand. I guess I mean, for posterity, posterity. A lot of people disagree with me. So what do I know? But that's just me. To keep it pure, I... 
so then it's really weird. You look at like Potomac okay, so and Dallas. Okay, go ahead. And they're the ones with like the OGs, which like you know that's kind of an over, but it's it's true. Like on paper, they're the ones with the OGs. It's true. Um, with everyone it, left, because everyone else, it's uh, it's pretty much scrapped. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I'm just thinking, like, who? So who do we think? Who do you think? If you had a guess, would be possibly uh the last OG standing. Because I, um, I guess with the, I mean, honestly, I get, but now I, I consider. I mean, Potomac and and the newer ones are, you know, I consider part of the maybe the third generation of housewives you know yeah so i even they'll probably last longer but um well from new york i mean it is ramona it is ramona period do think out of the older like housewives that have been around forever i think what's left on new york ramona is i think luann is the most safe of being fired that's honestly what i think i feel you i understand that i again what do i know i think ramona and sonia are both getting axed after this next season airs i could just that's my prediction before i even watch it just again cut cut them both together i just have a weird feeling that's gonna happen because i i listened to your podcast recently with elise slain um who was also on uh, Real Housewives of New York and um you both kind of like have you heard have you heard <laughs> I mean I've heard some stuff that is pretty good and I heard some stuff and it has nothing to do with I don't know I can't even say it but it's real it's true but it's just some stuff that I was like oh wow I didn't see that coming See yeah I wondered if it was you know a a an axe thing like we're learning oh this is a how it's going to end for some people is it just a ramona did this next thing that's wild no nothing about anybody leaving but i just really i don't know without even watching it i just feel it's probably their time to go okay okay now listen i i i could be wrong again like what the hell do i know you know but like that's just i have a weird feeling and I will say, I mean, they're huge contributors to the show over the years. I mean, it's endless. But when we're talking about the current season and then transitioning into do we see Housewives going on for, I don't want to say ever, but are, are we thinking another 10 seasons here? Um, the ratings are down. So okay. they are down for every franchise and ratings for other shows like the batch like bachelor nation is up rupaul drag race had the highest premiere in drag race history so i don't know i mean i have like my own theories but it's not it's not just like okay you know everything is down across the board i mean it's the ratings are down i don't know i who knows, but like 10 years, if you think about it, like, if you think about like the real world and like just every show and something that's been a part of our lives, I mean, it all kind of ends, right? Eventually. Definitely. And listen, I'm very much here for an end, you know, if they decide yeah. to start like chopping stuff, like I feel like we've got so much content, I've gotten so much joy out of everything. Like, I will not be upset. I mean, I will be upset, but I'll also be like, this is logical, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Because, like, but... there are some things we can't fix, yeah. At least, at least, like, I don't know, but I've also, I mean, like, you know, people are always talking about, you know. And now we're making connections with the newer people. But I always say it reminds me of um, the last season of several either sitcoms or or whatever you want to call it, where, you know, the OGs start to leave and we get the new guest stars coming in. You know, we get the Tiffany Thiessens, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like towards the later of the show. And and then it um, – I love Tiffany Thiessen, uh, but um, – you know, it's like, it's kind of around the, you know, the, those last few seasons are when it gets kind of wonky like it is right now in Housewives before things just get the chop, you know? Exactly. But, 
You know, I'm 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 okay with it ending too. You know, I'm 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 okay with. I mean, that's really why I revamped my podcast to include Bachelor Nation and all this other stuff. I'm like. I mean, granted, there's a lot of other shows on Bravo we cover, but I'm like, well, I don't want this all to be Housewives if that just ends. That doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Right. The fandom is good, but not that good. I I just can't. I mean, 10 years is so long. I mean, I just can't (laughs) see it going on for 10 years. The only uh, true. And it's already been on for, you know, what, 15 16 yeah you know what i mean so it's like I mean, they've like had a... going anywhere today tomorrow next right. year but just 10 years is a long but we time. have but listen we also have you know we've got salt lake city that's coming in fresh that we love uh, we do you know the ratings are not like blowing anyone away for that i know yeah and you know it's unfortunate about the ratings the content is good you know, I think it it's, you know, the formula has been, been here for a while. So, and if we that know it already and our fans are, you know, very much here for it for, totally. but for like a fresh viewer, they're just kind of like, Oh, another one. And they don't, they're not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're that's, just what like... I, and, and that's what I think. I think it's like housewife overload. And I really do think that, you know, Salt Lake, it's great. But I just think on paper, people, like if you're a casual viewer, are like, okay, well, I'll watch New York. I'll watch Beverly Hills. Why would I ever watch Salt Lake? I just think the city turns people off, even though you and I both know it's a great show. I just think if you're a casual viewer and you hear it, you're just like, well, no, I'm not getting started with that. I completely agree. But the the ratings make no sense otherwise because they're not great. No, I completely agree. And, you know, the only thing I can just think of, you know, I, there's always hope for a next chapter. Listen, Bravo was something before Housewives. Uh, uh, hopefully it'll be something after Housewives. OK, and we'll, you know, we'll always have the the history. But um, I wonder what the next, you know, stage of Bravo is, because like not only are the Housewives down, but, you know, almost every show that they introduce, we're kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah. And, and like even Below Deck, which is like their highest rated, like that's not down down but it's down a little bit oh yeah i mean they've been trying to push it back up you know i listen every day since for a year yeah. <laughs> five days a week yeah. <laughs> so eight, just... eight to eight while they're working on bro- below deck you're working you know what i'm saying same Kinda. hours <laughs> so it's just one of these things you know yeah, you know, and so I'm excited. You know, I'm here for whatever transition happens. I feel like whatever is, the situation is over at Bravo, and for people listening, um, I don't think they understand. You know, there are other networks like, you know, TLC, or we have your, what, you know, say your VH1, your MTV, or whatever. But, I, you know, and, you know, The Hills, of course, you know, bow down. But, like, you know, I've never seen for a network a a passion of a, a fandom like Bravo has, you know, and uh, right. It yeah. really does have in crazy, a crazy fandom. It's insanity. You know what I mean? And like, you know, it's how I found you, which I'm, I'm lucky to have, you know, found you because not, not only because I enjoy your interviews, but I enjoy you, David. I think you're very um, interesting and, and lovable and fun. And I'm just like, Oh, and it, but it was a connection through Bravo you know, that I found you. And so I think it's like, you know, really helped connect a lot of people. It's, I think Bravo's done a beautiful thing for as wild and crazy and debaucherous as it is. Um, no, I mean, it brought a lot of people together, right? Yeah, it's insane. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited about whatever the future of it is, especially when we're looking at the future of what humanity is at the moment, you know. Sure. And I'm excited. Uh, Go ahead. No, I, I agree with that. It's like, you know, who knows? They might, like, just, I don't know. I feel like Bravo always has a way of pulling it together, you know? Like, I feel like somehow they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I mean, MTV is still around. Like, it's not like the, the, the network has gone away. We have, you know, Catfish and Ghosting and, you know what I mean? So I feel sure. like it's something will be figured out. Like, I'm not worried for the network. I just think... I don't know. I mean, I feel at some point it can't go on forever. I don't think. I mean, the real world ended. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. You know? 
you know, very true. So let's, you know, let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, I'm here for the, they'll, they'll always be around. I mean, they're human beings. So good thing for the characters. Right. And as far as the, um, network goes, you know, let's, let's see what happens. I was a huge fan of Bravo before the housewives, you know, I'm a Kathy Griffin girl. I'm a, you know, give me some, Hey Paula being Bobby Brown, you know, all of it. Yeah. All of those shows we've had on Jonathan Anton from blowout. We've had on yes. times from millionaire matchmaker. We've had on a bunch of the ladies of London. We have some other old shows. We haven't mentioned where we have some things coming up. And this is on Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, um, hosted by David Yontef, who you've been listening to and enjoying for the last however long. I love it, David. Hopefully. Go ahead. And enjoy. Uh, but, oh, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we're not slowing down. I mean, look, we'd have one housewife a week ish. You know what I mean? Like, could I do five housewives a week? Sure, but I make it. I make it like because you know I'm in charge of the programming. It's always usually one friend of or one housewife a week. So you probably would never go a week without a housewife or a friend of. I love that. I mean, I'm and for, yes, for other thing, you know? Yeah, for someone like me who is a Bravo junkie, it's great because you never know who's going to pop up. And, you know, just the, the random people that you grab um, – I'm here for Dana Wilkie. I'm here for, you know, I love Elise Lane always. Whenever you have Catherine Edwards on, um, I love she's you all. Yeah, she's a kiki. And I just love the way she talks. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, who would have thought I'd become really good friends with Catherine Edwards or Dana or Elise? But, I mean, like, Elise I kind of knew even before the show. But, like, you know, I became friends with Catherine and Dana from RHOBH through this job. I mean, I speak to Dana like 9,000 times a day sometimes. She's hilarious. Now, how long, like, is she a fast texter? Like, when you're in the conversation, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to dedicate like 10 minutes to this text <laughs> combo. No, Dana is a voice texter. So she's it's all voice, which I'm like okay with, but I mean, like I'm okay with her doing it, but that's all she does. I love. Also, do you always have to? Okay, but I guess when you play it, you lift it to your ear. You have your ear pods in, um, so like to always have to listen to stop what you're doing to listen to the, <laughs> the voice message. But you know what? At least then I could like listen like while What's... I'm also because I am like such a multitasker. So then it's like like I have friends that will text me and they'll be like, "Why don't you text me back?" And I'll be like, "You need to call me during the day." You know what it is? Because a lot of a lot of podcast work is mindless. I really, it's like yeah, like when I'm on the air or whatever. But there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of administrative behind the scenes stuff and i'm just like no i can't text you back if you actually called me and were on the phone while i'm doing this i can have a very deep conversation because what i'm doing is going to take me two hours and it's completely mindless and then no one wants to talk on the phone anymore so if only people would talk on the phone i would actually have a better you know but i'm like no I, I actually cannot respond to your text for 17 hours but if you just pick up the phone and call me i can talk to you for one they're like that makes no sense I'm like <laughs> they does. don't get it they don't right get i'm it. like it does i'm doing something completely unrelated and i will pay attention to you and do this mindless thing at the same time like i need and my they're hands, like you can't bitch. just respond i'm like no i cannot because now <laughs> it takes 30 seconds and it breaks my 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 train of thought here where i'm like deep into transcript and trying to figure out what this person actually said and what's going on oh my god and and to to give a a, a real response you know you have to give that kind of dedication and pay attention you know oh lord it's like i say this i feel like i'm not kidding you i feel like i give birth like five times a week like every show is like giving birth really because it's not just the show. Then it is like, oh my God, we're in the press. Like we just gotten Vanity Fair. That's a new hype for our podcast. Vanity fucking fair. Congratulations. That's, you know, so there's moments like that. And then like we were on Wendy Williams. Like there's moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a minute to relish in this. You know, just a minute because we have work to do here. 
But there are moments where you're like, like Vanity Fair is freaking major. But, you know, so then it's like each show, it's like giving birth because then there is the press and then there is this blog that picked it up. And then, oh, my God, this person has headlines and they're being trashed and blah, blah, blah. And so it's just like a whole thing. It's a whole. And I do a lot of other things during the day. But to me, it's kind of like you're my number one priority when it's your day. When Chaz Dean from Flipping Out is Monday airs. Yeah, I'm dealing with a lease in two days, and she's. I'm telling you, knowing these people does not make it easier. It actually makes it harder, because then you have like an Elise being like, "Where's my show?" and this and that and blah blah blah, and you're like, you know, and like, look at this headline. This paper said this about me. It's like, all right, well, I don't work for People Magazine. Like, I don't understand what you want me to do. <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't write this for that. they. They quoted. Right. They quoted and then inferred. Okay. Right. Like, what do you want from me? But so it's kind of like each person gets their time in the spotlight, you know, and it's like not even meant to side obnoxious. It's just like each person. It's like giving birth each day. And I'm like, OK, so wait, but I didn't post a lease and I didn't promote a lease as much. And, you know, like I really you got to you got to give the love to everyone. Yeah, so, and I totally understand that, especially when, you know, yeah. promoting and getting it out there and making sure, you know, everyone hears about it and everyone feels special all of your guests and you mentioned Chaz dean and that's one of the reasons that your um show behind the velvet rope is uh featured in things like vanity fair and people and all the gossip blogs because you have people like Chaz dean on hairstylist who you know tells a story about you know he's doing lisa renna's hair after um she started dating harry hamlin and uh harry hamlin just broken up with nicolette sheridan and guess who walks in okay and right. stuff so like, that. like that or you, like, you go ahead yeah no or, i was gonna say like right it's like that you things like okay i thought you knew you know lisa but oh my god like you're telling me about some lisa renna and nicolette sheridan feud from like 15 years ago like i'm totally <laughs> here for that because i know that everyone listening is probably freaking out right now and being like oh you have jordan lisa renna and nicolette sheridan feuding like from five years ago great fill it and that is your era you love like the the older celebrities and i want to say like not the golden era but i call them you know like the, the silver era i'd say 70s through 90s and there's a lot of great stories on your podcast from that um from Harry, like the one we just talked about and then you had designer um megan weaver on who was a pa for spielberg and went on to do a whole bunch of other things and you know she's telling stories about you know for the first two years of her working for spielberg she had the actual et in her office and she was just throwing her purse on it um that uh, leonardo dicaprio's you know condo um out Which in malibu that's the beach thing that got us into vanity fair that story about leo went all over the world which i'm not even saying it i don't get it you know like well i do get it but it's like i mean that's the thing you know i now know what to do like i can tell now what is going to get go viral so that's a fine line too you want to do the show for the listeners you got to but when you hear something like leonardo dicaprio like to me I would rather talk about Lisa Renna. Sorry for all the sirens. Welcome to New York City. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather talk about Lisa Renna. But when you hear something like Leonardo DiCaprio, I said to myself, okay, keep talking, David. You have to extend this because this is going to go all over the world. And it did. It, whether it's, I found it the most interesting or not, you just you have those moments where you're like, this is going to be in every magazine in the entire world. No ego. It's not an ego thing. I mean, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm in People magazine again. It's more like if that can lead to two more click throughs. Great. Good job, David. So that Leo thing, it's like I've learned when you hear certain things, I know how to keep certain things going and to get quotes that are just going to go viral yeah when when megan weaver you know throws out there that leo's got an entire you know condo on the beach filled with titanic memorabilia and posters and towels and everything like that like that's the kind of thing and you show you yes you exactly you made sure that story was um she kept going and that you just like and you were just genuinely interested in the situation like um first of all that sounds fantastic i need to see leo in this condo first of all but um, you're the press on you is how I found you, you know, and so that really is, you know, getting you those listens, bitch. 
It is. And, you know, like, listen, I'm not saying that that's not a good story. It is kind of funny if you think about it. Like, the biggest movie possibly, you know, one of the biggest movies ever. And this is, like, what made you a huge star. And, I mean, this was way back. Who knows if it's like that anymore. But, like, I was like, wait, like, I, and I need to break. Like, now I need details. Like, you're telling me, like, Leonardo, who was in Titanic, has Titanic towels and couches and dishes and like what goes through your mind that that's the theme of your beach house i mean that makes it even more hilarious that it's on the beach and she's like yeah like, <laughs> it seems like hotter right like he he probably looked even sexier because of that that fact like he, there's probably a lot of windows in that condo kind of and i'm like i know this doesn't really say that like she can't even believe it i almost can't believe how much press this story has gotten because it keeps it keeps happening it's weeks later you know, but now Megan, who is a designer, I mean, she was on Flipping Out with Jeff, but it says Megan Weaver of Megan Weaver Design. Like, I'm like, forget about the press. Like, I got you an architectural digest. Like, your name is next to mine in architectural digest. Which, yes, bitch. Right. Like, from a designer point of view, she's just like, I, I mean, forget about this other press, People, Vanity Fair, Us Weekly, Perez. I'm like, you're a designer. You are in Architectural Digest now. And she's like, it's kind of a big deal. Like, forget about me, you know? So it's good when you can give that back to people, which just goes back to wanting to rebook them. You know, it's, it's, it's a business. It's people a, sim don't it's a symbiotic relationship. You know? Yeah. Like, look, someone's not going to want to go on a little piddly podcast no offense to those podcasts, but it's it's they don't want that. They want you know people don't just agree to talk just for the sake of it. Most of them, you know, yes, I think COVID makes it a little easier because people are bored. But like the majority of them need a reason to come talk to you, either as something to promote. So if there's press and it's the right type of press, like why wouldn't you come back? So I can guarantee you. The next time I have a hole in my schedule, which doesn't seem to be happening anytime soon, and I'm like, oh, let me just, oh, wait, Megan Weaver. Yeah, I guarantee you she'll never say no to coming back on this podcast again. Definitely. And like I said, that symbiotic relationship is so good between you and your guests, and you, you all feed each other, you know? And totally. the press has gone from, you know, that throwback stuff and, you know, things that are really current in the news. You know, Britney has been a real hot topic, Free Britney. And, um, you know, from Perez um, giving some of his thoughts on it to Perez Hilton to um, you had on Christina DeBarge, who some people might not know, but son of James DeBarge, who sings Rhythm of the Night. And she opened for Britney and was just really and tells stories of, you know, just after Jamie had gained conservatorship and just the rules really being tied down um, with everything around her and all that stuff. That was a great that was a great moment. Her talking about I mean, that. that's the thing, like the bigger the podcast gets like, look, I'm learning things as I go along. You know, a lot of old interviews resurface. Like, right, like the Britney thing is the biggest thing in the world now. You know, I mean, there's a lot of other big things, but like, that is a big thing. And I'm like, wait, I have this girl who opened for Britney Spears and I didn't invite her on. I invited her on months ago, but I looked and I'm like, everything she said is about like, she was instructed not to look at Britney and how it was backstage and the father. And I'm like, okay, this needs to be, like, reissued. And I started re-promoting it. I'm like, this is so relevant right now. So, like, a lot of times, the bigger the show or the more guests, it's almost like you have something for anything that happens within the world. Now, it's not that, it's not that broad, but it's happening more and more where something happens and I'm like, Oh my God, I have an, I have a relevant episode that I recorded three weeks ago, five weeks ago, five months ago. Yeah. Because then, your, re your release schedule, I love because that the way you release everything is out of order and um, you know, it really is uh, things either someone mentioned something or knows someone or is someone that is like a hot in the ears of everyone. You know what I mean? So it's always like, Oh, that's the, that's the one I want to listen to because I was just talking about that with my friend, you know? Totally. And that's the thing. Like, there's no, like, first thing laughed out. Like, it's nothing like that. It's just, you know, like, we, but there's, there's a method to my madness of releasing. You know, there are draw, like, there's certain drawbacks. I mean, like, you know, 
there's certain things like just I'm always tweaking a business model and things that need to be improved. You know, look, if everyone wants to talk, I'm not one to say no. So then the sad thing is like certain shows do go out and they're just older. But, you know, look, you know what's going to happen on the Kardashians like a year before it happens. Same with the Housewives. It just is what it is. You know, it's I'm not one to say no. You know, if Luann wants to come and talk now and I'm booked for the next three months, I'm not booking a date to chat with Luann in three months. We're chatting tomorrow. (laughs) Today. We're chatting today, David. Right. And so that now bumps another show. So there are shows that go out, you know, months later, but that's just the lesser of two evils. I think time kills all deals and saying no. So that's what keeps happening is like, and it's no ego. Again, it's like just people are falling into my lap that I don't, I'm not even looking for. And then I'm like, well, I'm not saying no to that person. So that's what keeps happening. I love that. And, you know, you taking advantage of that and, you know, taking advantage of the time while being so, like, loose with it and structured. uh, Honestly, it's a gift. And I have to say, you are my favorite podcaster of 2020. I am so honored to have found you and that you agreed to come on. Everyone, I am talking to David Yontef of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. Please make sure you check it out. You do not have to start with the first episode. I would start with the most recent episode and go backwards, actually. And Kind and like, there's five episodes a week, so I always tell new listeners, because they keep finding us, like, I would just start in real time. Like, if you started on a Monday, listen to each episode every day, because that's what all the buzz is going to be about. And then, yeah, just take the most recent, like, Friday old one and just work your way back. Like, the first day, if you can listen to four, great, do it, you know. But I, I, I would keep up with the new ones, and then, yeah, start from the last most recent one that you haven't heard and just kind of work your way back i think that's yeah that's the best. So smart keep the, the keep look, that current spark going yeah and there's 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 things you know like if you really listen just like any show you look at like a watch what happens or any show from the beginning is different same thing with this you go back to my early shows you know and i'm like uh, i mean i can't really listen to myself anyway but some of the early shows you're just like you like you're like oh god you're like, we've come a long way, baby. You've come a long way. You have a fantastic voice, David, and everyone loves listening to it, I would say. I would say it's a it's a fascinating and comfortable one. So everyone, please make sure to go check out uh, the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. I mean, just jump in. Stay with the current ones. Follow David and Behind the Velvet Rope on Instagram. And he has a Patreon where he dishes even more tea, so look up Behind the Velvet Rope. David, it's been an honor. Yes, behind Velvet Rope on Instagram, behind the Velvet Rope. There's no thought in the Instagram, just behind Velvet Rope, but behind the Velvet Rope anywhere podcasts are found. And yeah, I'm glad you love it so much. Thank you. That's like so nice of you to say. And yeah, this has been great. I really enjoy talking. I will come back and chat with you anytime. Thank you, David. Have a beautiful one. Take care. Yes, everyone, that was David Yontef. Like I said, make sure to follow him and make sure to follow Wayne Holtz and the Wayne Holtz podcast on Instagram. I'm at Wayne Holtz underscore on Instagram and the Wayne Holtz on Instagram. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes. We'll be on Spotify soon. And have a good day. Bye. This episode was recorded and produced by Bobby Rivas.